beautiful Savior. But if you look at uh, the world around you, there's no doubt that you see beauty. It's great to be back with you this morning after our family's uh, just wonderful vacation. Probably uh, more driving than we have ever done before on a vacation. I think it was somewhere around 4,600 miles from here to Atlanta to Nashville to Wisconsin to Minneapolis to South Dakota. What's another half hour? Let's go to Wyoming, uh, to Lincoln, to St. Louis, to the Florida Caverns, to St. George Island home. And this trip not only gave us some great quality family time, but it did what I think it often does for you. When we travel around the world we live in, we can't help but begin to observe and make note of the wonders of God's creation and just be awestruck by the beauty of all that He has laid before us by His creative hand. And as I go forward, I'm just going to have you look at a, a few photos. I don't even have a camera anymore other than like many of us. Go ahead with those, Paul. Um, but the iPhone does a good job. And the nice thing is, is you get to have them in your pocket, and when you want to remember a little bit, look at the rainbow from uh, the uh, arch in St. Louis. The Florida Caverns, if you've not been there, hard to believe, what beauty. The Badlands out in South Dakota, used to be a sea there. Simple beauty of God's reminder of uh, that new life that He's given us. You look around every morning. I went out to the car this morning. It was probably about 5.30. And the first thing I heard was a barred owl. And when I pulled here into the parking lot, the birds were beginning to sing. And it's still you know, early enough in the summer that to the east the sun was just beginning to brighten the horizon. And then I think because of the color, if I remember the placement too, Mars over here to the west was red and bright. The hand of God is all around us. And for me, you can't help but see those things and have it result or re, re, uh, show up in your life in praise and thanking Him for all of these wonders and all of this creation. Our hearts turn to praise. And sometimes in the midst of it, it shows up in other ways more tangibly. Like, how about when I was walking back to the car from the Badlands and I began to sing... Um, the hills are alive with the sound of music. Now, my girls did not like me doing that. Matter of fact, they very quickly tried to stop me from doing that. There was no one around. And it's not that I sing badly, but I guess dads know how to embarrass their children no matter what age they are. But it's interesting when we observe all of these things for which we have to give thanks to the Lord how it shows up in our lives. We can even get giddy. <laughs> You know, just kind of laughing, and you know, I, I watched some children at a couple of these parks, and you know, it reminds us maybe how we were, how they were leaping, <laughs> almost like deer, and how people just you know get filled with awe as they stand there before such beauty, and and maybe at some point we start sounding like the Apostle Paul in our reading today from Ephesians 4 when he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
how can we not look upon all of this and not praise Him? We have so much in this world to praise Him for and to thank Him for. His creation, family, friends, food, laughter, love, memories, so much more. Yet it seems to me that in our humanness, and maybe I need to go ahead and define what's behind that, our sinful humanness, how we often limit much of our praise to the things of this world. We praise God for our homes, our clothes, the place we live, you know, the country we live in and the freedom that we have, the choices we have. We praise Him for a sunrise and a sunset, for amber waves of grain and high corn, all those things that I was just observing mile after mile. To trees filled with fruit, to a good book, a good friend, the love of family. All of these are good and even great. But why is it that so often it seems that a majority of our thanks and our praise is focused on the things of this world rather than the one who has created it all and is behind it all and rather than truly praising Him for our spiritual blessings that are the greatest and most important because that's what paul is writing about here in our reading from ephesians let's consider the events in our reading from mark first not a very pleasant reading was it here we have this faithful fruitful servant of the lord who had prepared the way for jesus and his ministry and his coming And he ends up having his head lobbed off. All for the pleasure of one who, you know, was dutiful to her mother and because of one who was threatened by him. You see, we need to understand, though, what's going on behind that reading. Because at first you're thinking, wait a minute. How's this reading of praising God for spiritual blessings over here in Ephesians relate to the reading from, you know, Mark? Well, here's what I have to offer. The reading from Mark is a response to what was happening through the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. Now, it opens up with, in response to this, basically, but let me have you hear verses 12 and 13 that came right before our reading. They went out, the disciples, and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is right before this reading or writing of what was going on with Herod and others. And i got to tell you, for me, when I read what the disciples were doing, when I read how boldly they went out when they were sent by the Lord, when I read about how fruitful and effective their preaching was about calling people to repent of their sin and brought them the blessings of God in healing, I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because... 
Jesus was being scrutinized. I'm surprised because you know they were literally under attack and being watched very carefully, but notice not one of them hesitated when Jesus sent them. They went and they boldly proclaimed this message of hope and life. So here's the truth. When it comes to the message of faith, the work of Jesus, some are moved to praise Him, and others, well, they are threatened and afraid, and they reject Him. Either you praise Him, or you reject Him, and you are afraid of what He is bringing. And that's where our readings find us today. This is what is happening in our reading with Herod. Jesus was seen as a threat. Jesus and the way that he and his disciples were impacting people's lives led Herod to be threatened. And so when news of what was happening came to him, he and others thought that maybe, you know, this was John the Baptist who had been raised from the dead. Maybe this was some other great prophet who had been brought back from the dead. And the result is that Herod was threatened and he was afraid. His focus, you see, was purely on his life. This life, this world, his pleasures. There is no sense of acknowledging or praising the one who is creator and giver of all good gifts, even all the good gifts that he had. Not one sense. Anything that threatened his world, he attacked and he rejected. My dear friends, I believe that the Lord is calling us today. He's calling us today to open our eyes and, yes, to praise Him for all of this creation, all the beauty in this world that is around us that we are so blessed with, but He is also, and even more importantly, calling us to open our hearts to look beyond the wonders of this world and to praise Him for His spiritual blessings, that which is most important. Let's walk through a few of those verses then from Ephesians today to help us to understand what these spiritual blessings are. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Did you hear it? Every spiritual blessing blessing he doesn't hold back anything he gives us exactly and completely what we need and he does so in christ through christ his love his mercy that he doesn't give us what we deserve he doesn't give us the judgment and the punishment that we deserve because of our sin and our wandering and he gives us his grace giving us what we don't deserve Forgiveness, life, eternal life, every spiritual blessing. Verses 4 and 5. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us for adoption 
through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. What great words of hope. What great words of comfort. To be chosen by God. To want us as his own. That we would be his children, his beloved. The truth is, sometimes we may not recognize it or acknowledge it, but the fact is he has chosen all people. He has chosen all people to know his love. He's chosen all people to receive by faith in Christ these spiritual blessings for this life and its joy and for the life that is to come. What great words. This is what He does. It's not what we do. He makes us holy. Verse 6. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. To the praise of His glorious grace, that our lives would be lived in response to His grace. Notice that? In response to. As Paul writes elsewhere about, Christ's love compels us. How can we not praise Him? How can we not thank Him? Not again just for the things of this world, but again for the spiritual blessings, the greatest blessings of all. Then verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. Talk about spiritual blessing. That God provided the one to redeem us. God provided Him and through His blood paid the price suffered, died, and was raised again, took our suffering, our death, our punishment, we were due, and He lavished it upon us, His grace, to pay the ransom to free us from our bondage to Satan, sin, and death. Spiritual blessing. And lastly, verse 8. With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ. I love this because it reminds me at least that our God doesn't leave us hopefully working towards somehow trying to figure out how we can please Him, satisfy Him, and earn His love and His forgiveness. With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ. Through Him do we have forgiveness and life. Through Him are we restored and forgiven. He made known to us the mystery of His will. To love us, to save us, 
and to do what we could not do. I wonder what you've already seen this morning that brought praise to your heart, that brought maybe a word of thanks even in your own morning prayers. I wonder what you've seen and observed or acknowledged this week in your life that you have to praise God for. You know, is it the daily provision of food, shelter? Is it the blessing of love and family, immediate or extended? Is it the joy of friends? Is it the life that you're blessed with, the freedom that you have? Is it the beauty of an afternoon rain shower and the lightning striking around you? Is it the wonder of the smell of summer flowers? There is so much that you and I have to be thankful for, and indeed we should, but let us make sure that we keep that which is most important at the foremost of our praise and our thanks, and that is for our spiritual blessings in Christ. Love, forgiveness, life eternal. Amen. Lord God, this morning we come before you and we do offer to you indeed our praise and our thanks. Indeed, we have been blessed with lives that are beyond compare. But Lord, that is nothing as we consider the greatest blessing of all, the spiritual blessings that you have showered upon us in and through Jesus Christ, your own Son, our Savior. Lord, may our lives then continue to be lived in response to the world around us, the neighbors and those immediately around us, they might see it, they might be drawn to it, that they too might praise you for that spiritual blessing in their lives as well. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.